0: Welcome to the Anchor Daily. We're reading through the Gospel of Mark and reflecting on Jesus, whose death and resurrection paid the penalty for our sins and achieved victory over death. Mark 10, 1 through 16, is a challenging text. Even reading it in our culture is offensive. It's a hard pill to swallow, and it makes us uncomfortable. Of course it does. We live in an age where divorce is normal. 71% of first marriages end in divorce, 60% of second marriages, and 73% of thirds, third marriages. It becomes very normal in our life. And maybe we could say this is the collapse of society or a mark of the end of days or a plan to break up the family and make us reliant on the government. Maybe, or we could say that it's people doing whatever is right in their own eyes and that's a tale as old as mankind and that divorce of married people is nothing new it's not new to this generation it's not new to the previous generation it wasn't new to people when jesus walked the earth but just like it was back then it is still a hot button issue today we we get this peek into the tension of what's happening in mark chapter 10 the pharisees they come to jesus and notice in verse 2 they say this the pharisees came up in order to test jesus this is not seeking advice or counsel or wisdom it's trying to trap him it's testing him it's like they're trying to put jesus in a lose lose situation people are gathering around and they drop this little bomb on him is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife who hot issue now they know The law of Moses is pretty specific on when couples are allowed to divorce. It's just most people didn't actually like that, and so they didn't obey the law. The law of Moses shows us the holiness of God. It exposes who God is and how we live in tune with the holiness of God. It's just very hard to do, and when you can't really do something, it's natural to get angry at it and rebel at it. So that's what people did. See, in Jesus' day, there were two basic schools of thought. One school of thought was the more conservative view, and they taught that the only grounds for divorce was adultery. The second school was a little bit more liberal, and they kind of said any indecency was grounds for divorce. It was altogether pretty easy to find any indecency. It was a gross twisting of Deuteronomy 24.1. For the most part, the Pharisees followed the conservative view, but the people followed the more liberal interpretation, and thus we have this tension. If Jesus agrees with the Pharisees, the crowd gets angry with him, which is something Jesus wasn't scared of. He wasn't trying to win their approval, but still you have that tension there. In the Pharisees' view, that was a win. I don't think it bothered Jesus as much as they thought it would. But if Jesus agreed with the people, then he would end up disagreeing with Levitical law. And so Jesus, instead of giving a forthright answer, answers with a question, which is very normal. And he says, what does Moses command you? And in this one question, he essentially asks two things. One, did y'all even read the book? I mean, come on, read the book. What's it say? Second is, what does Moses command you? Did Moses ever command you to get divorce? To which the Pharisees Instantly quote Deuteronomy 24. Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce. These words are important. The Pharisees use the word allow, not command. Moses, and the law of Moses, doesn't command divorce, it commands honor and respect and holiness and a full submission of oneself to an altogether holy and loving God. The whole Levitical law was in place to guide and show people what a life lived in full and complete worship to God looked like in the way that they wore clothes, in the way that they handled the outsider, in the way that they handled their own uh, judicial system, in the way they handled marriage and full and complete worship to who God was. And in that, there is not a command to separate what God has joined together, but the continual call for love and care and to cherish one another, to live as Christ did, and models to us what marriage could and should be. Jesus tells them, because of the hardness and stubbornness of your heart, Moses wrote this allowance. You see, God knew that people would screw it up. God knew our hearts and rebelliousness would not submit to the mercy and grace that he has for people, nor would we be able to fully live out this kind of love with one another. And so he allowed it, but did not command it. He Never commands it. God's desire is continually for reconciliation and repentance and oneness to grow and to thrive and to be cultivated in the confines of marriage. Now, this is a huge topic with so many different verses woven all through Scripture. But for today, let's just focus on the truth that the relationship that God has with his people is one of intense covenant. It it, it is marital in its effect, that God promises to be ours and that we will be his, that his bride is the church. And through the gift of marriage, we're given insights into the relationship that God has with his own people, chosen, loved, uh, pledged himself to, through good and bad, through brokenness and sins, through rebellion, through betrayal, through hope and through joy. God continues to pursue and love and cherish his bride. He is the model for what marriage could and should be. And it is his love that should drive us to repentance. It's this kind of continual grace that drives us towards reconciliation with others, especially our spouses. It's his love that drives us to value our spouses above all other people, not to treat them like objects or like old news to us, but to continually be curious and pursue them. It's his love that cultivates a deep forgiveness within us. It's his love that takes two and makes one, just as he has done through his death and sacrifice for us. We who were far away are now brought near and even made one family with him. I know this is a huge topic and there's a lot of questions that this raises. But for this format, let's focus on the goodness of who God is. And let me pray for you and then we'll end here. So Lord, we thank you for the gift of marriage. And, and how difficult and how heart-wrenching and heartbreaking, but also joyous and beautiful you've made it to be. God, it is easy to look at the other and point out all the sins. And yet we know as you have died for us, you also have died for the other. Even for the people who have wounded us at our deepest so, Lord, we ask for reconciliation and repentance. And where that is simply not possible, we ask for healing. We ask for growth. We ask for you to be our comforter and to humble us as we follow your example of humility and love. We love you. We praise you. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out more podcasts just like this, you can go to Bethel.ch and you'll find amazing selections of podcasts and much more. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us with podcasts at Bethel.ch. See you next time.